1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Well, earlier this week, home sales and those numbers were released. What can you tell us? Well, it's, uh, it's pretty much as expected, Tina. I mean, they're talking about a 362% increase for sales overall for the Toronto Real Estate Board. Last year, in April, we had 2,957 sales. This year, 13,663. And that is pretty typical for this time of year. So there's no surprise in terms of number of sales. But the the question that people are going to have is, how do you have a 362% increase? Now, thinking back to last April, that was the first month where everything was shut down and there was no activity in the real estate market. If we're looking at York Region, York Region was up 425%. And the reason is we had under 500 sales altogether last year for the month of April 2020. And if you look at April 2021, we had 2,454 sales. Okay, so let's provide some context for our listeners. You said York Region was up 425%, but again, last year was obviously not the typical year. What year do you want to compare it to? If we compared this to 2016, where more of a typical type of April compared to that, and, you know, April sales have bounced back. This year is a more traditional market where we're starting to see an active spring market whereas last year we didn't have that. Everything was delayed a little bit. As we start getting into the later parts of the year, we're going to start to see more normal behavior in the market, and that way we're going to start hearing that sales were down. So from June, July, August, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard that sales were down 20 30%, and that's going to end up as a normal year on the Toronto Real Estate Board for us. Could you break down some of the numbers for us? Yeah, so... Let's look at York Region in total. So 2,454 sales in total. We had 190 sales in Aurora, 118 in East Willembury, Georgina. What a great bounce back. 150 sales, so more than East Willembury, even more than Wichert Stouffville. Uh, King, 68 sales. Markham, 613 sales. Newmarket, 206. Richmond Hill, 392. Vaughan, 582. And Stouffville, 135 what we're seeing in Markham, Richmond Hill, and Vaughan is also a bounce back in condos. As the home prices have been escalating, you're starting to see more people turn back towards condos. And condos were pretty quiet over the last uh, 10 months or you know, almost a year. But we're starting to see them bounce back, and that's what's contributed to the total sales for Markham, Richmond Hill, and Vaughan because there are a lot of condos available there too. Do you anticipate a bit of a slowdown then going forward into, you know, later this month, into June and July? It wouldn't be a slowdown per se. It would be more of a normal year. It will appear to be a slowdown. So when you look at numbers that we had last June, July, August, September, 
those were pretty crazy numbers for those months, for those typical months. And when you look at it compared to last year, when you're comparing 2021 to June to, say, September of 2020, you're going to start to see sales appear to decline because the heat of the market won't be the same as it was last year with the pent-up demand. Now, what about in terms of price? What are you seeing? The average price has really increased as well. So, York Region, we're sitting at about $1.28 million, which isn't too bad for York Region. We've always been around the 1.1 mark, 1.15 mark. So, it is, it is definitely an increase. And that also has to do with the shift in the mix, because at the beginning of the year and even now, we've been selling a lot more detached homes than condos. So that mix has changed in York Region, where people were coming in at the entry level. Now they're looking at multifamily homes. And so that has caused the average price to appear a lot higher than it is. When you're looking at the Toronto Real Estate Board in total, the market watch is reporting that we were up 33% for average price for April. But again, last year in April, the average price had a lot to do with condo values. The mix was very different last April. It wasn't until probably late May or June that we started seeing people really flocking to the detached homes, the larger properties, because they were working from home. The kids were home. They needed space. And that's why the average price when you're comparing April to April appears a lot higher because the mix last April was very different than it is right now. There were headlines earlier this week that the housing market actually does show signs of cooling. How would you react to that then? I um, I, I would have to disagree. I mean, people are looking at the housing market and thinking that, you know, they're trying to compare it to last year. And when you see the strength of last year, even what they may mean is last month we had about 15,000 sales. This month we have 13,000 sales. There's a lot of pent-up demand that has contributed to the sales over the last 10 months or so, and that is starting to turn into a more normal, stable market as we head into you know the later months of 2021. So compared to last month, yeah, we did have less sales, but that's typical for April. Now, you talked about some of the specific areas here in York Region. Was there a specific town or city that surprised you? I would say Georgina, uh, doing more sales than Richard Stovall. Georgina has been, uh, you know, it, it, it was the first to take a hit in 2017, and we didn't think it would bounce back as quickly, or it's usually following on the coattails of the rest of York region, but Georgina, with 150 sales last month, did very well. Now, you've also talked about on this show how there's been this move outside of the city centers. People want more space, more space inside and outside their homes. Do you think that move is going to continue? It sure will. I mean, I think they're just uh, finalizing some announcements or just making some announcements about the possibility that people or kids can go to school online, even for next year. And when you take that into consideration along with the parents being able to work from home. Now people don't have to be in the city center. They don't have to be in the, the major hubs uh, in order to commute or in order to be able to send their kids to a certain school. 
now if they're going to be doing it online, they can do it from anywhere. So we're going to see this trend continue. I think it's here to stay, and I think it will be around for at least a few years until things get back to uh, you know, what we were used to as a normal and people start moving back to be able to commute to work when offices open up. But this is going to be around for a couple of years. Would you also caution, though, buyers, that eventually you might have to go back into the office, at least on a part-time basis? How do you navigate that when you've moved completely out of the city? You know, buyers are pretty smart because even now when we're talking to them about their future move, they have taken into consideration that maybe once or twice a week, they will have to make that drive. And, you know, do they live somewhere where they're comfortable for five days of the week and have to commute for an hour and a half once or twice a week? They're totally fine with that. And that is playing a big role in where they're going. All right. So one final thought. We've talked about the numbers for April compared to last year. What do you see going forward and into the summer? I see May continuing to be strong. I see it's starting to level out. You're not going to, I don't think we're ever going to see the 300 or 400% increases again. That was because last April was very different than what we're used to. But I can see, you know, May is when we started to pick up. So May will have some significant increases over last May. Once we start getting into June and July and August, we're either going to be pretty flat with last year or we're going to be under the performance of 2020 for those months and that's going to start to level the market out. I still think we're going to end up as the second best year in Toronto real estate history. If we were to continue at this pace, we would obviously be the the highest year in Toronto real estate history, but we will challenge for that top spot. And I don't think there's any question that the heat of the market at the beginning of the year will help us you know, or carry us through the latter part of the year. And uh, and we will challenge for the top two spots in Toronto Real Estate Board history for the most sales. All right, we'll be watching. After the break, the appraisal process. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties with today's guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Claudio Polito. Claudio is the owner and managing partner of Crosstown Appraisals. Claudio, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Asif and Tina. Now, Claudio, for our listeners that don't really know the appraisal process, let's start off by telling them what your company does and what you provide. Uh, thank you. Crosstown, we're a, a mid-sized uh, real estate appraisal and, con- and consulting firm. We've been serving the GTA community for over 25 years, uh, ranging from anywhere from your typical residential single-family property to uh, large industrial properties to redevelopment land uh, and everything in between, including matrimonial disputes, uh, settlement disputes, and mortgage financing. Okay, so there's the start. You know, we've heard a great deal these days about multiple offers. How are they affecting property valuations? 
multiple offers are, are I think that you can consider them more the sign of times, definitely. It skews, I think, all things real estate, uh, especially with a blind offer, so to speak, not knowing exactly what, uh, what the other property is, is in for, what the other offer is in for. It creates some sort of uncertainty, I would think, within the marketplace. And this makes it that more confusing and difficult for the consumer and the realtor and the appraiser and, and all parties concerned with, with multiple offers. But it's definitely a supply issue. All, all issues today are supply-driven uh, and lack of supply and healthy demand results in multiple offers. And, and you know, you're right about how it really does you know, cause some problems with realtors because there's a lot of stress when we're buying or selling or, or, you know, listing homes. We have such a hard time with the multiple offer process in determining not where to price things or, you know, what to offer, but is it going to appraise? Now, for your appraisers, how do you prepare them for the appraisal process in this market, knowing that the values are going to come in higher than market value? Appraisal at, at its core, it's you know, it, it's an unbiased, you know, third-party opinion, uh, and we're supposed to have the sober, sober mind, the sober second thought, and and look at things without emotion, uh, without undue stress and pressure. Uh, that's how we approach the uh, the analysis portion of it. We know that in a multiple bidding scenario, people may at times overpay for a property, and that's understandable. The, the question becomes, why, why are they overpaying, and is it justifiable? So, for example, if the property has been recently renovated, uh, so it's extremely, extremely well, uh, then it's, 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 it's reasonable that when brought to the market, people will pay more for something like that. You know, it's sort of turnkey. So that's sustainable. That sort of improvement is sustainable. If a property oversold, in a multiple scenario because the ultimate buyer or the ultimate winner of the auction wants to be close to mom and dad because it's a great source of free daycare and et cetera, et cetera, or there's family and friends around the corner, that may not be sustainable for the next buyer who really doesn't care how close your mom or dad are because they're not their mom and dad. So there are reasons why properties sell high, and if it's reasonable and it's sustainable, then the market will sell it out eventually. Well, we know that COVID-19 has affected every industry, every business. How has COVID-19 affected the appraisal process? Well, 13 months ago today, uh, in my, in my uh, alternate life, I'm also a member of the Appraisal Institute of Canada's uh, governing body. I'm currently the past president of the Appraisal Institute of Ontario. And uh, a year ago today, a year ago March, I was the president. And at the time, uh, just a turmoil and what was happening that we had to move quickly and establish new rules and guidelines. And the most uh, successful has been the modified uh, appraisal, whereas because of COVID and because of the restrictions, uh, when not safe, appraisers do not enter properties. And through the assistance of realtors and the uh, MLS pitchers and through the assistance of the homeowners providing pitchers, FaceTime videos, the appraiser is able to provide a, an estimate uh, with those resources. 
Now, earlier in the show, we talked about home prices here in York Region. With the strong demand for detached homes in York Region and the subsequent price appreciation for the same, has this affected your appraisal process? The appraisal process hasn't hasn't really changed. What the, the, the dynam- dynamics involved with it have? Uh, it, it's a fast moving market, Tina. Um, you know, you look at a property today, tomorrow the neighbor sells, and the day after the other neighbor sells. So it's constantly moving. Uh, you, you are chasing the market, so to speak, uh, because of the fast pace of it. So as appraisers, you know, you have to constantly be. Uh, out there searching, looking, investigating. Uh, if you inspect a property on Monday and you complete your analysis on the Thursday, a lot can happen between the Monday and the Thursday in a particular pocket. And have you seen an increase in appraisal requests from banks due to the multiple offer process and places selling for a lot more than asking? There's definitely some apprehension on the part of lenders because the multiple uh, multiple uh, offer process and paying over asking, uh, just because a property sells two hundred thousand above asking doesn't mean it's not worth the two hundred thousand above asking, uh, depending on what the asking price was. So again, the uncertainty has resulted in lenders perhaps wanting a second opinion, a second set of eyes. Uh, not all lenders rely on the full appraisal process. A lot use um, automated valuation models, ABMs. Uh, but in uncertain times or in fluctuating times, uh, where the prices are increasing drastically or decreasing drastically, I think that's when lenders typically want a second set of human eyes looking at the uh, the property. And is there an appeal process if someone does not agree with the valuation? T- typically, and I can only speak for my firm, and I know this is more or less standard across the industry, but again, I'm speaking for my firm only. If there's a, uh, if you don't agree with our analysis, then we, what we do as a firm is we always offer, because we deal, we deal a lot with mortgage brokers. They, they're probably our biggest source of uh, referrals of mortgage brokers and realtors. Uh, if there's a disagreement on the, on the mortgage appraisal, then obviously we're always open to it. Did we miss something? Has there been a, a change since we were there? An appraisal is an, is an estimate of value. It's a point-in-time estimate. So if we were there, you know, May 3rd, as of May 3rd, the property is worth X. If you're looking at the report May 7th, May 10th, I guess a lot can happen in a market like, like today. And if there's something where perhaps a new transaction is taking place or perhaps a sale that uh, should have been considered, we, we're always open to, uh, if, you, if you can provide us with evidence and facts, we're, we're always open to revisiting and re-looking at it. But it has to be based on actual facts and evidence rather than, I think my house is worth more. Great information, Claudia. Now, before we let you go, is there a way that a buyer or a realtor can get an appraisal before entering into the bidding war? Quite often what happens is you have the pre-approval from the bank and they don't call you guys until three or four days before closing, and then everybody is scrambling to try and make this deal close, which is probably the highest stress time of a, a sale process is a few days before when the appraisal happens. Is there a way to get you guys to go in earlier and and for the buyer or the seller to provide that report to the bank, or do you have to wait for the bank to call you in and you're kind of at their mercy as to when they call you in? 
Well, well, well that's, it's, it's a good question, and it's really two different types of uh, of uh, analysis and two different types of, of uh, appraisals. Uh, a bank appraisal for mortgage financing, where your client is the lender, you know, you're taking the approach: is the purchase price reasonable? Do the sales support it? Is the property marketable? If the if the purchaser would default, do we have a saleable property? We do a we do a cursory site visit. We're not home inspectors, but we do visit the property and we look at its marketability, floor plan condition, where is it located, what side of the street is it on, you know, is there a market for it, and then ultimately, is the purchase price reasonable? It, it's it's an art, not a science. So no appraiser can nail down the value to to the to the dollar to the cent. When we're asked to provide an opinion for a purchaser prior to presenting an offer, back in the day, uh, you would have four, five, six days perhaps to prepare a report, well rationale, ration thought out and presented. But as you said, now you'll get to call on the Wednesday. We're presenting an offer on Thursday. Can you give us an appraisal? Uh, that's, uh, you may have a difficult time finding appraisers available for that type of assignment, just given where the market's at today uh, with the, uh, the amount of appraisals in queue. Uh, in a perfect world, that's what you would want to do. You would, you would want to have something as a secondary source. Obviously, your realtor is guiding you along as to what the sales are taking place in the neighborhood, what's a reasonable offer, and, and, and the realtor has this part. You may want a second opinion from the appraiser just as further confirmation as to where you should be. But ultimately, if a buyer really wants a property, uh, then a buyer will pay what a buyer thinks is reasonable, whether that's supported in the appraisal process or not. The, uh, you know, the consumer speaks with their, with, their, uh, with their wallet. Great points again. And, Claudio, thank you so much for taking the time out during this busy time for you uh, to join On the Market. If our listeners want more information about Crosstown Appraisals, where can they find that? You can email me directly at Claudio P at cross-town.ca and uh, be more than happy to help you uh, where possible. Thanks so much, Claudio. No, thank you. When we come back, your questions and the hot listing. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Helena in Thornhill. She's heard the talk about moving east. How does she begin a search for an agent and a home in Nova Scotia? Asif? Great question, Helena. And, you know, surprisingly, we've had a number of clients move out to Nova Scotia this year. And the values there that you size of the property that you get, the proximity to the water, it's just incredible on on what your dollar can buy you once you sell a home in the GTA and move out east. It's been incredible. We had one client that bought six acres of waterfront in Nova Scotia, close to Halifax, and they couldn't be happier. This is where they wanted to retire, and the COVID breakers and the working from home has allowed them a head start on that. So, 
we have agents in all the different parts of the Maritimes that we can help you and at least we'll set you up with someone that we trust so that you're in good hands and we'll be able to uh, set you up for your search there. Now, do you think that Helena may have, you know, and pardon the pun here, but may have missed the boat a little bit because this trend to move out east started months and months ago. Do you think that maybe those housing prices in uh, Nova Scotia and other areas have caught up to what's going on? They've definitely increased. Uh, However, when you compare our market to their market, there still is a significant uh, difference in terms of what you would get for the price you would pay. So, I wouldn't call it missed the boat. I think it's all relative. If uh, if Helena would have sold last year and she was waiting to move, that could have, you know, affected her a little bit. But if she hasn't sold, she's going to be selling in a hot market here and be able to purchase in a hot market there. But the relative price difference is still going to be huge. I love that. You're always so positive. Way to go. Okay, our next question comes from Thomas in Georgina. Since he cannot allow potential buyers into his home right now, he wants to know how he can really show off his home in pictures and video. That's a great question, Thomas. And we have seen this a lot over the last year where we have only been able to showcase homes through videos, virtual tours, 3D tours. Now, we also do virtual reality 3D tours, and that helps the consumer actually walk through your home. So we have a a special system that we've brought in from overseas, and it allows us to walk through your home with the purchaser and have a conversation with them as they're walking through the home in a 3D tour. So that has been really helpful. It's going to be a game changer, and, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the norm as we continue on. The other thing is the virtual tour. You want to be able to showcase off the highlights of your home through virtual tours, through professional photography. And uh, a lot of people are using the virtual tour, the photography, and in our case, the 3D tour to replace initial showing. So you're not getting those tire kickers coming in. People already know what you have in your house and what your home has to offer. That way, when they're coming out to see your home, you know you're getting people that are serious. Are there any in-person showings taking place at all? There are. Real estate has been deemed an essential service. I mean, really, home ownership and and having a place to live in, it it is an essential factor of of our day-to-day life. And we have been deemed an essential service. We are trying to be as careful as possible. We have a lot of protocols in place to guide us through the COVID period, make sure, you know, sanitization is taking place, not only of people in their hands, but also of the premises. And you also want to keep into account how many people are going through the home. So we've limited showings to smaller windows to make sure there's not five or six or seven people going in at the same time. And you want to limit that as well. So there's a lot of protocols in place to protect the clients, not only the buyers, but the sellers as well. And, uh, you know, we're still having in-person showings, but we're finding that the people that are coming out are very serious right now. We're not getting those tire kickers. Nobody really wants to go out and just look at decorating ideas right now into other people's homes. So that's been a, a good change. All right. So Asif, if our listeners have more questions and prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? Okay, so they can always call me at 416-985-CON. That's 
1-800-227-5426. Time now for the On the Market Hot Listing. Asif, what have you got for us? You know, we have a house that just hit the market in Keswick. It is on Walter Drive in Keswick. It's right by the water. You're about three homes from Cook's Bay. And it is an absolutely stunning lot. 60 by almost 200 feet. It's got a huge garage, workshop, man cave, whatever you want to call it. It's got everything in the garage. It's a detached garage. It's a three-bedroom property. It's a bungalow, a circular driveway. It is absolutely stunning. And where exactly is Keswick? Is it accessible by, you know, major highways? It is. Now that the 404 goes up there, Tina, it is much more accessible than it was. You're going to take the 404 up almost to where it ends. And this is in the south part of Keswick, so it's right by Queensway. And what you're going to find in Keswick right now is there's so much development going on. You're close to all the amenities, plus you're close to the water. So you've got everything that you would have, you know, in cottage country, minutes to the city. And is this, would you suggest it's a a cottage property or, you know, is it move-in ready? It's move-in ready and, uh, you know, people have been living there for years. It's a a 12 months a year home and you're still, you take your boat out and in five minutes your boat's in the water and uh, you're out fishing, it's it's actually a great property. And you got to see it for 799000 There's not much available that is going to allow you access to the water and a safe place to live. And what about in terms of local amenities? What is in the area? Basically, they have everything. Uh, they've got the big box stores. They've got local restaurants. They've got some great restaurants along Lakeshore on the water They've got, uh, you know, all of the medical facilities and everything. You're so close to the city now with the 404 exit being right there. In like 10 minutes, you're, you know, you're in Newmarket or, you know, you're close to Aurora. The, the 404 going up there a few years ago really made a huge difference. And look at the development that's going on in Keswick right now. There's so many new homes being built. It's just a great place to be. It's, it's very different than the old Keswick. All right, so one more time, the highlights of this property and where our listeners can get more information. It's a three-bedroom property on a 60 by almost 200-foot lot, huge detached garage, workshop. Uh, It is a stunning lot. It's right by Cook's Bay, and it is priced at $799, 359 Walter Drive. Just hit the market, and you can get in here right away. All right. And if listeners want more information or want to connect with the agent, how can they do that? They can call 905-554-5522 and they can ask for me. All right. Terrific. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him. 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.